Hello and welcome back to another episode of Starting From The Pits. I am your host Charlotte and boy do we have a lot to catch up on. First of all, let's just get the vibe of this episode. So I'm currently in a matching grey tracksuit set, under a blanket, we're going chill vibes. I am in need of some self-care this evening so you best believe that hair mask will be going in. I will be moisturized to the nines and I will wake up feeling revitalized and refreshed because I am feeling rather tired. However, keeping up with all these rumors is even more tiring. It is like a full-time job. However, we're going to dive into that a bit later on. So let's start with this weekend. Let's just take it back up a few steps. So this weekend saw the Mexican Grand Prix and it certainly delivered some drama, let's put it that way. I'll sort of go into the usual of picking out a few teams, doing a deeper dive and then we've got some some added extras this week because it's been a hell of a week so far and it's literally Monday so let's get into it. <laughs> so let's start off with the race winners. So that was Red Bull and that was Max. So I jokingly said at the start of the, well before the race was even aired, I sort of put out a prediction on my TikTok and Instagram and I was sort of like oh Max is gonna probably overtake in like half a corner and I don't think he was actually that far off to be honest. It was, it, <sighs> I don't know how he does it. As soon as he overtakes someone, he's like seven seconds ahead of them in like a lap or something like that. It's just ridiculous. Whatever's in that car, and it's clearly not illegal because they had the checks last week and he passed. So I, I genuinely don't know what they've done in that Red Bull, but unbelievable. And of course, Max is just an absolute machine as well. He just puts in a near perfect race almost every single time. And I just, I don't know how he does it. Of course, this week, the Mexican Grand Prix, it is Checo's home race. And I was genuinely concerned for Max this week um, because I thought he was going to get so many boos. But I think Max sort of played into the whole Mexican what's the word? I don't want to use vibe because I feel like I use the word vibe too much, but the whole Mexican vibe, let's just, let's just call it what it is. He played into the whole Mexican vibe and was there with a the sombrero and all that kind of thing. So I feel like he, he sort of, the crowd warmed to him a little bit and he didn't get as many boos as I expected. But I could not help but gasp as we went into that first corner. And Checo just, they say Red Bull gives you wings. I mean, Checo was well and truly flying at that point. He was just up in the air and I was like, oh my God. After all of the things that we've heard, if you know, he's gonna retire at this race. And he literally did retire, he had to retire the car. But in more of the sense of his career, <laughs> he was gonna retire from the racing career this weekend. Um, and it was sort of like, there was also potentially riding on it the fact that if he didn't do well, like towards the end of the season, then Daniel's gonna take his seat. Um, and I feel like this weekend's just not helped that cause. Him and his dad are just as Delulu as the rest of us because he is 100% convinced that he has a seat next year, but I am not. <laughs> so I hope I hope they are the right ones. But yeah, Checo, he was, there was a lot riding on it. I think he just tried to be brave into that first corner and it just didn't pay off. It did not pay off, um, unfortunately. So like I said, he did unfortunately have to retire. I saw a clip of him afterwards on Twitter and I just, I felt so bad for him because it must be so hard having all of that pressure on you to try and do well at something and then it just sort of crumble in front of your eyes and he, he genuinely looks so upset. I mean, he had his, you could see like the water building up in his eyes and he was like rubbing his face and I was just like, oh, it, it, it's not a nice feeling. Yes, they get all this money and things like that, but I don't think they, 
they're obviously not initially in this when they're like four years old carting for the money. Yes, it's a nice perk, but it means a lot to them. So people who are just like, well, he's got 50 million in the bank. That's not what it's about for them. Um, so yeah, that was, it was so, so, it was so heartbreaking to see that. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know. It's the nature of the game, unfortunately. Also just need to have a moment for Max coming up on that lift wearing the sombrero like what on earth i've seen previous like celebrations of that lift moment lewis for example he stood up on his car with his arms up in the air and it's just it's so cool but then you just get max he's just sat on it like absolute don with this sombrero on just absolute not a care in the world now that the championship is over he's relaxed a lot more and we're starting to see a lot more of a funny chilled side to max and i'm really enjoying seeing that side of him so that was just the icing on the cake for me so on to ferrari there was a collision at the start between obviously checo and charles um which then led to the retirement of checo unfortunately but for charles that that sort of didn't really hinder him that much he had a bit of damage and i think there was a either a safety car or a red flag at some point and he came and changed his front wing and whatnot and he just, he just had a pretty low key race after that really. It was mainly just, yeah, he just built his way back up and ended on the podium like it was nothing. I don't know, I feel like not enough people made a big deal out of that. I did see a video on, I wanna say TikTok maybe? Sorry, video somewhere. And it was like the highlights of the weekend for Charles, but there was nobody there waiting for him to hug him or anything like that after the race, which is a shame because it's been a while. I'm not sure on the exact stat, but it has been a while since um, Charles has been on the podium. So that is that was a shame to see that. But overall, really happy. Other than that first corner, I think Ferrari had a pretty low-key race, which was nice. Nice and calm for us. I was able to breathe a little bit um, and just enjoy the race. It was nice. Um, and then obviously Carlos, P4 as well. So overall, a good race. A drama-free weekend. That's what we love to see. After the race though, when they were doing the post-race interviews, I did notice that Charles had quite a lot of booze. Now, he was involved in the collision with Checo. Was it his fault? It wasn't put one way or another. It was a racing incident. So, and Charles has said himself, he had nowhere else to go. He was literally sandwiched between them all. So it's a shame again to see sort of these fans booing and all of this and yeah. I uh, I also saw afterwards, I think most people have seen this, but the video that was circulating on Twitter afterwards of the fans in a big fight, which is not something I would say an F1 fan would do. That is not the kind of behavior of an F1 fan. It, I understand that if your favorite person loses, then you get a bit frustrated, but it's not enough to physically assault someone. I just don't understand that mentality behind it. and. I've spoke about this before, like, it is just a handful of people, but when something like that breaks out, it gets so much media attention, and I feel like we, I fear that that attention on social media is going to make people want to do it more, because they're going to get that attention. I don't know, and I also think it's making people think that that is an acceptable way to sort of act at these places and these events, and it's just not, it's not on, so this behaviour needs to be stopped somehow. And I believe he has a lifetime ban now. So hopefully that's, you know, if that's true, then that's that's good. 
Um, but yeah, it's just not what F1 is about. And I don't know how we can reduce this hooligan kind of behavior on these small, it's a small group of people, but it's just, you see those idiots and it just it's just infuriating. So yeah, it's not what F1 is about. And I hope, I hope there's a stop to it soon. Okay, run over, I'll step off my soapbox right now. But let's move on to the Red Bull B team, Alpha Tauri. So Daniel Ricciardo, what a comeback. He qualified P4, unreal. Where's that pace come from? Nobody's had that all season, so fair play. Um, full 180 from what we expected from last week because last week it was just sort of like, oh right, he's just doing exactly what everybody else in the Alpha Tauri has done. And here we are with a P4, so fair play that's that takes some skill <laughs> what was even more mad is that he was able to sort of maintain that throughout the entire race he finished p7 i think it was um obviously best finish for alpha tauri of the season um and yeah i feel like it's just helping his case when it comes to getting that red bull seat let's just put it that way <laughs> i almost feel like they've put him in a red bull this weekend and just put the alpha tauri livery all over it but anyways yuki tried to be ballsy like Perez and like Perez failed to execute the plan. He had a few goes at Oscar when he was trying to overtake him um, and it, he had a bit of a moment but it was like passable you could you could get through he was still moving and still still going and then it came to the second attempt and it just it just went tits up for him essentially. <laughs> um, yeah, it just wasn't great for him. He, he ended up retiring, having too much damage, um, and it just didn't pay off much like Perez. So that was a shame. And I do think that is maybe just down to lack of experience. But I say that he's had two years in Formula One now. So maybe he should know better. But I don't know. The thing is, at any other team, I'd understand it. They give him that time. They give him that time to nurture and learn the car and things like that. But it's Alpha Tauri, Like... It's a Red Bull team. They have that cutthroat mentality. So I am kind of surprised that he is still there because it's not like he's consistent in every other race. He's either sort of just in the points, just out the points or way off the points. He's never comfortably in the points like Daniel in the P7. So I don't know. It's, he's a little bit all over the place and I just... I mean, I love I love Yuki, don't get me wrong. I don't think there's any driver that I dislike, really. Um, but yeah, I'm just... It is a surprise to see him still in the Red Bull sort of grounds, given the usual environment for Red Bull, if that makes sense. On to McLaren. What a weekend Lando Norris has had. He was driving like a rock star. Oh, that just reminds me of that weekday advert, actually, where they're all going around like, you're a rock star. And it's like, no, no, you're not to say you're a rock star because you're not actually a rock star. But anyway, he drove like a rock star. I'm going to say it. Screw them. Um, bringing it back from P17 all the way up to P5, like, unreal. And it wasn't even just because loads of people crashed out. Yes, some people did crash out, but it wasn't just because of that. He genuinely had some incredible racing. Like, the the overtakes that he was doing on... I even... I can't remember who it was now. There was one between him and Daniel, and it was just, like, so clean, so skilled, so technical. And it was just... Everything about it was just perfection. I was... I was just loving life. It, it was good viewing. It was good watching. And yeah, he had just had an incredible race. And you know, his reaction to getting driver of the day twice in a row. It must be a good feeling knowing that there's people out there backing you and loving what you're doing. And getting driver of the day two weeks in a row, like just cherry, cherry on the cake. I feel like I've said something on the cake twice already. And that's, 
maybe I'm thinking about cake a bit. I don't even like cake, but anyway. So yeah, overall a big win for Lando this weekend. Oscar had an average race. I think he finished P8 maybe. He finished within the points regardless. And I think it's quite incredible the fact that I think Oscar nearly has as many points as Alpine does as a team on his own which is a big big f you to alpine when they supposedly signed him but didn't um what a what an iconic era that was what an era obviously he was left with some damage from yuki the incident with yuki that left him to retire but in the end i don't think it was that detrimental um so yeah Oscar had an average weekend, but you know, Lando Lando was the star of McLaren this weekend, genuinely he was. I think there was a variety of safety cars this weekend. Reasons I can't quite remember. It, apart from Kevin, who that must have been very concerning for anybody watching that, because that looked like such a huge shunt. But I think then when you watched it from different angles, it didn't look as bad, if that makes sense. But the car ended up on fire and then the, the stewards or the marshals, whatever they are, the marshals were just stood there like, um, can we get a brush or something? And I was like, the car's on fire. Can, please, can somebody please just sort this out? Because that's a safety hazard. Like, do something. But yeah, that was that looked like a bit of a nasty crash. Um, So I hope he's all good in that department. Okay, now this is the bit that we're all waiting for. This is, let's, let's talk rumors. <laughs> a rough day it's been a, a very long monday and i'm not joking every time i've gone on my phone today there's been a new rumor there's been something new on f1 twitter and i i am struggling to keep up so if i miss anything i am very sorry but this is the best i can do and this is what i've seen first of all i need to talk about the girl that tweeted about oscar being the um murderer that was hilarious to me because Every time I hear Oscar's surname, I also think of the Blade Runner that murdered his wife. So I kind of get where she was coming from, but that is absolutely hilarious. Um, so yeah, McLaren, you scumbags hiring a murderer, how dare you? Um, but secondly, let's talk the actual rumours because we all know that, that one's false. So I need, I need my iPad for this one because there's, there's a lot to it. So the first one is the one that we all know about, which is Checo retires, Daniel gets the seat at Red Bull, and then Liam joins AlphaTauri as a permanent driver. Now, I think this one is quite realistic because we all know that Checo's performance hasn't been peak. I think Daniel's ready for that second driver position. As much as they all say, oh, we don't have a second driver, Red Bull definitely do. I think that's been made very clear by the amount of points <laughs> between them both. Um, and given that Max has contributed the majority of points to the Constructors' Championship, I think it is very clear that they do have a first and second driver. So yeah, I think I think Daniel feels a lot more at home at Red Bull and I think he's just willing to accept that second driver position. So that is why I think that one is the most realistic. However, hot off the press today. Alonso to Red Bull. Now, I'm not mad about this. I, mainly in terms of drama, I feel like there would be a lot. And Netflix, Drive to Survive, what a season that would be. <laughs> I say I'm not in it for the drama, but low-key, like, let's spill the tea. I feel like Alonso and Max would just clash so much. I feel like they get each other when they're away from racing, like, they get it. They're sort of like the, the villain of their era, so to speak. Um, and I feel like Max and him would then just hate each other. 
basically. That is, yeah. So in that case, I think it was more that Checo would retire, Alonso would get the place there, and Liam Lawson's not even in the picture at this point. Just the fact that Alonso will be at Red Bull, what what a combination. I mean, if they worked together and did it well, I don't know, like took, t- took turns in who won each weekend, what a power team they will be. But yeah, I don't think... I don't think Max would take well to team orders. Um, as we know, when he was asked for team orders, he was like, no, no, you know my reasons. And I was like, oh, there's drama. I actually don't think either of them would know what hit them. If somebody was like, um, team orders, please. They'd be like, I don't, that's not in my vocabulary. I'm sorry, I don't know what that means. Another one is that Lawrence Stroll is selling Aston Martin. Now I have heard this rumor and I'm pretty sure I've just seen something to do with a new investor but I'm not too sure. Please don't quote me on that one. But given that that would be the case, I think that Lance would be out of a seat, unfortunately, because it's just, it's cutthroat. It is cutthroat and we all know it. And there's other drivers that I don't want to say that deserve that opportunity, but I don't know. It's a tough, it's a tough one with Lance because I do like him, but I just think there's other drivers out there that need that opportunity. That's, that's the better way of putting it. So anyway, back to that one. So that would be that Alonso and Checo essentially swap seats, which is just wild to me. Like, what the hell? (laughs) Also, a couple of weeks ago, I think I mentioned this, is the fact that Aston Martin are now doing the World Endurance Championship. So I think that could be an option for Lance, um, just to keep him happy. (laughs) It's a different avenue to try. And you never know, he he might just excel at endurance driving. So... That could be a potential and then obviously the whole Alonso Checo swap that would be absolutely unreal I I can hear the team radios now it is a lot of swear words a lot of beeping and there's a lot of gestures do you know what I mean <laughs> but yeah I'm fully for that but yeah I would just absolutely love to know who thinks do you know what let's let's start a rumor today let's just see how riled up we can get Twitter today I actually think that's the mission of it None of it is true. It's just to see how riled up we can get Twitter and see which rumour takes on because I would love to have that role. If there's a rumour maker role in Formula One, I would, (laughs) you would get the wildest rumours from me, I swear to God. I actually make up my own story sometimes. I'm like, well, if that happens, then this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And before you know it, I can't even think of something that wild because it's probably been rumoured already. I don't know, Alex Albon's going back to Red Bull and Latifi's coming in at Mercedes, God knows. But imagine that, like, being chief rumour director, what a title that would be. I would die for that job. Absolutely unreal, these rumours. Keep them coming because they're keeping me so entertained. (laughs) So before we wrap this episode up, I just want to chat a little bit about my weekend. So I had a really exciting opportunity this weekend to head down to Donington Track, which I have now learned has one N in it. Well, it doesn't have the double N. It's not D-O-double-N, it's D-O-N, which I did not know until the end of this weekend when I actually looked at the sign. I was like, oh, there's only one N in there. So I apologize to anybody that I may have offended with my hideous spelling of Donington Park. However, I was very excited to be invited down to Donington Park to watch some GB3, GB4 testing with an incredible agency, Nexus, who are supporting um, a driver who is gonna be on the podcast very, very soon. 
Um, but they are supporting Jasmine Shaw, who is an unbelievable driver. Getting to know Jasmine's story and sort of the way she got into it, it was very unconventional. I think that's the right word. I think that's the word I was meant to use there. She started it, you know, not that long ago. I think it's about four years ago now. And she's already made her way up to single seaters. She's now 17. Um, and seeing her progress, I mean, she's just won a podium in the Junior Fiesta Championships. Um, and yeah, she's now working her way up into single seaters. I think just everything that she's doing for, for sort of females in motorsport and she's really empowering in that sense and inspiring and to see her actually out on track getting the times that she's meant to be getting and you know analyzing her laps was just opened my eyes to the world of racing because after my hideous track day with my dad I was I don't know if I mentioned this in the last podcast but I am not cut out to be a racing driver I came out in tears so that gave me another level of appreciation for racing but after going to watch Jasmine to do that testing this weekend that level was just went up again because the numbers and the stats and the things that all drivers have to look at to just it's just meters that they're improving by and those meters turn into full-on seconds like that is a big difference in racing and yeah to see her go out absorb it all and just go out and do it was just it was incredible and to be behind the scenes and in the pits with her and everything was just so cool to see so a huge thank you to them for letting me come down there will be some content coming from that and I can't wait for you all to see it um and yeah exciting things to come in the future so I hope you stick around for that and I hope you enjoyed today's episode if you did please don't forget to recommend it to a friend give us a rating all that jazz and yeah I will see you on Wednesday's episode that we are doing with Corin from Girls Across the Grid. So I really hope you enjoy that because it is a really inspiring episode. So yeah, I'll see you then. Bye.